Before we turn to the Word of God, let's uh, bow our heads in a word of prayer. Almighty God, it is truly a gift, all that you've given us. Lord, as we have enjoyed the generosity of people, Lord, we do not want to overlook the real reason to be thankful. And Father, we pray that your presence, which is the greatest gift, would be with us, that you would speak to us, that you would give us the message that we need to hear. Each one here, Lord, you know our hearts. You know our deep heart needs. And so we want to open those hearts. We want to put aside the callous layers of skin, the self-protection, the distraction. And Lord, we want to trust you and ask you to come into our hearts and speak to us clearly through your word. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's turn together to the Gospel of John, chapter 3. John, chapter 3. And let's begin reading from uh, verse verse, uh, 13. And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believed on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, And men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. And also I just want to read a couple more verses to connect with that. They're found in the first epistle of Paul to First Corinthians chapter 15. Mm. 
Just want to read two verses, verse 21 and 22. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Special time of year. Time of year that thankfully we can set aside from our preoccupations of business and hopefully not so preoccupied with holiday preparations that we can think about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is something I don't think, even if we spent a lifetime, we would fully understand the mystery. That God, once again, would create himself a body. And instead of watching the first Adam struggle in the garden with temptation, after having that beautiful union, after that wonderful, I think you all agree that the, the, the worst fear of man is to be alone, and, and the greatest joy, the greatest peace, the, the, the height of, that we really enjoy is, is, is union, is, is relationship. That's what makes things meaningful. All the other things, the, the power and money and, and all those things uh, leave us cold and empty and, and unsatisfied. And there was in that garden a perfect union where God walked with man and with woman and communed with them freely, no barriers. And to see that struggle in the garden, to see man choose to not trust, to turn in independence and pride and to satisfy the flesh, the curiosity, the desire for independence, all the things that we all struggle with in our own personal gardens, as the, it, it really boils down to the choice, whose will? God said no, but I want to do it. And in that struggle, the first Adam failed. The first Adam lost that tremendous privilege, created immortal in perfect communion with God, in a perfect environment. But he chose his will rather than God's will. And here we have the second Adam. For as in Adam all die, since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Even so in Christ shall all be made alive. <clears throat> we have God once again entering time and space. Nothing else can compare. No other religion or philosophy 
has God himself entering in and coming near, not only coming into this fallen world, not only subject himself to to being a a poor baby in a smelly stable and and, and the ignominities of of this life and leaving the throne, but but subjecting himself to, to my pain and your pain that we deserved because of our sin, he, he took on him not only our experience, but our penalty and made a restoration. But for him also, there was a garden. For him also, there was a time of struggle where God stood back and watched as he had to choose my will or God's will. That is the decision that each one of us has to make. And we can be so thankful that our Lord Jesus Christ, when he was in that garden, he said, not my will, but thine be done. And so, once again, God can say, it is good. As he, once again, there can be union. Because Christ made that choice. And on that second tree, he was lifted up. And he made a bridge for you and I to return to that communion with God. See, it's so much more than a manger. So much more than the miracle of immaculate conception, of of incarnation. It's so much more than the wise men who are wise enough to seek Him. It's the cross. But it's even more than that. Our Lord is coming again. Brother Eckert had a Wonderful Bible study uh, two weeks ago, looking at the signs of the times, looking at the, the last chapter of the Bible where it's, we can say, even so, come Lord Jesus, and we can see, is the fig tree budding? Is the world moving in a direction that, that all these promises, that these, these prophecies that we dare not say this is exactly what it is, but we can sort of see the shape that they're going to take, the economic control of a world government and, and all these things that are pointed to quite clearly in the Scriptures. And we can see things moving in, in, in an unprecedented way, at an unprecedented speed towards this kind of a climax. And our Lord is going to come again. It says here, as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. The word in. Are we uniting ourselves with, aligning ourselves with the thinking of that first Adam or with the second? My will or God's will? 
God is wonderful. He's given me a lot of things. I enjoy them, but there are cases where I think I should make my own decision. I don't, I think he's holding out on me. He's keeping me from certain things that I think I have a right to have. Or is it going to be trust? Is it going to be faith? Is it going to be belief and say, no, I believe the heart of God. I believe he cares about me. I believe that he's shown that he's committed to me. And I don't understand why I may be having to uh, be deprived or suffer, but I trust his heart. And I trust his will to be better than my own fallible attempts to direct my own life. That's the decision I have to make. And that's where I fail or where I win. That's where I'm in Adam or I'm in Christ. And that's true for each one of us. We make that decision daily. We read together in John chapter 3 that God didn't come to condemn the world. Jesus' entrance was not here to to condemn, but to rescue. That it was a a mission born out of love, the most well-known verse in the Scripture. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That God said, not a son in the world condemned the world, but the world should him, through him should be saved. And then here we see what actually does condemn or does rescue. It's not how many old ladies you've helped across the street. It's not how much money you've given to good causes. It's not how many times you've been a decent person and made sacrifices He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this isn't just a, I raise my hand and I accept the Lord Jesus, I sign a card and now I'm in the club. That belief is translated into that decision you're going to make every day. My will or his will. Whose will? Do you believe in the Lord, in God? Do you believe enough to obey, not as only as a Savior, but as a Lord? And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. God knew that we were fallen. God knew we were incapable of choosing to do the right. That's not why we're condemned. But when God brings the light and brings the truth, it's our response to the light that determines our eternal destiny. The dividing line between condemnation and salvation is all in how do you respond to light, the light of God's truth. It's worth thinking about because it, it's, it's the watershed 
We know there's, there's a point somewhere in the Rockies where a, a drop of water will end up in the Atlantic or the Pacific. Well, there's a point in your life where you will end up in an eternity in union with God or separated from Him. Heaven or hell. And that condemnation is how you respond to truth when it comes into your life and exposes things. <clears throat> Last night I was watching uh, a video that Brother Doug sent me. It, uh, you can see for yourself, I encourage those who are in school and have to deal with the subject of evolution... It's called Evolution Versus God. And we've got uh, Ray Comfort there. He's, he's interviewing a number of people. Uh, he's biology professors, evolution professors, uh, proclaimed, self-proclaimed atheists who are um, attacking, you know, all the uh, creationist movement and so on. Experts as well as students, biology majors and so on interviewing what they think. <clears throat> and they say, oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm an atheist. I, you know, the, the one professor was a little bit honest. <clears throat> she said, uh, well, technically, you know, the term agnostic is more correct that I don't know if there's a God, but I'm an atheist. Of course, you can't know there is no God. You'd have to have infinite knowledge to know that. But you can see it's a willful choice. And then, you know, do you believe in evolution? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We believe in evolution. You know, can, can you um, give me any evidence? You know, you know, why do you believe in evolution? You know, well, you know, it turned, it, he, through the series of questions, it ends up being really a matter of faith. <clears throat> well, millions of years ago, well, you know, do we, were you there? Can we observe that? Can we have any sciences about repeated uh, experiment that we can demonstrate something to be true? Can, can we show at any case uh, that not just adaptation, we know that, you know, Darwin's finches grew longer beaks when it was drier because they had to dig deeper in seeds. God obviously built into their uh, de genetic design the ability to adapt to different circumstances. But have you ever seen, or do we have any evidence of a cat turning to a dog, a different kind of animal turning to a different kind of animal? Do we have any evidence? And I mean, the pro evolution professor had stacks of books, a whole bookshelf behind him with hundreds of books. But you know, no, the fact is they couldn't point to a single hard evidence, and, and they had to come to the point where they had to admit that really this belief in evolution that they start off saying, well, because of science, it's because I've looked at all the evidence, it's because I'm, I'm rational, it's because I, I, I'm the sophisticated intellectual, that's why I believe this. But when you peel it back and you ask the tough questions, it's a faith position. They believe in evolution because they take a leap of faith. And then, why? Why are we so committed to something that is actually quite a stretch of faith that we don't really have hard evidence for? And then he starts asking some more pointed questions. Where it starts tying into John 3 here. 
You know, have you ever lied? What do you call someone who lies? Have you ever taken something that isn't yours? What do we call a person who takes things that isn't theirs? Have you ever looked on a woman to lust after them? What does the Bible say about that? That you're an adulterer at heart. Have you ever taken the Lord's name in vain? That's called blasphemy. And here we've got, you know, the truth is that you're a lying, thieving, uh, adult, you know, adulterer at heart, uh, blaspheming, and you've broken four of the commandments, so there's a moral problem. And so is it true? Is this true that intuitively you understand if there's a God, you have to answer to him? And you know that you failed. And so you don't want there to be a God. So evolution is a way out. And so you take that leap of faith and you make it look like you're the smart ones and you're the sophisticated ones and that, that people who believe uh, things that uh, there's plenty of evidence for. But you're really doing it because you hate the light because it exposes your deeds as evil. And the good news is that God sent His Son. Not for the Pharisees who pretended to be perfect, not for the people who have their act all together, but for people who admitted they were sinners and had come to the point where they were willing to say, Not my will, but yours be done. It is this point that divides. You can dress it up how you like. We've looked at one example where those who pretend to be intellectual and scientific and can can justify themselves based on something they really don't have hard evidence for, but they can interpret evidence to try to, 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 to support something that can some way get rid of the fact that the heavens declare the glory of God. That every time we look in the telescope or the microscope, we see incredible design. We see incredible intelligence. We see incredible power. We see the fingerprint of God in everything we see in everything we are. But we want to get away from that because of its implications. You might have other ways of getting away from that. There are those who who are just going to scoff, those who are going to turn to other means of blocking out that message, the light that's exposing. You can turn to substance. You can turn to to workaholism, you can turn to things that may be socially acceptable or socially unacceptable, but it has the same basic design. There's light. It's exposing things that are not right about me. I don't want to deal with it, so I'm going to hide. Whether it's philosophy or just raw debauchery, it's basically running from the truth. And Jesus came so you don't have to run anymore. It's not just about wallowing in your shame 
hiding behind fig leaves that you know can't cover what you know is wrong. It's about a God who loves you enough to pursue you, to say, where are you, Adam? I love you. Pursue you through the centuries, through the millennia, and come down and say, I love you so much. I'm willing to become sin for you, that you can have the righteousness that you never deserved. I want to plead with those who've never known what it is to have peace. Please stop running. Now's a time for reflection. Satan may have designed many things to distract you right now, but maybe he yanked the power cord this past week so we can have some time to think. Because that electricity feeds a lot of distractions. But that's okay. Our, our creativity can find other ways of hiding. As for centuries and millennia before electricity was invented, we just, we just turn up the volume now. Turn up the, the speed, the glitter factor. But I plead with you. God's trying to get your attention Please stop and think about the invitation, about the fact that Jesus came because he loved you. And he offers you eternal life. He offers you the power to resurrect, to leave not only the shame and the stain behind, but to, to, to have the power and to experience his presence and to have his purpose and his meaning in your life. And I plead with you, dear brother and sister, the choice whose will is one we still make on a daily basis. <clears throat> I came across a poem, and I don't have George Freund's perfect uh, photographic memory, so I hope you'll excuse me if I read it. I think it kind of summarizes a little bit of the whole picture of the Scripture and leaves us with that question, whose will? A tale of two trees. One, formless masses floating, disconnected, divine artist, earthly dream. Light, sun rays piercing through jungle trees, sunsets volcanic with explosions of gold, soft sheets of moonlight soothing a weary ocean, beings snorting, flying, splashing, bleating, gnawing, clawing, digging, sound, horse hoofbeats, cawing crows, hyena laughter, cannoning thunder, chirping chicks, rat-tat-tatting rain, nothingness converted. Then silence. As an unseen sculptor molds, mold, molds mud and dust, 
lions motionlessly watching, sparrows perched peering downward, clouds hovering, inquisitive kangaroos, curious caribou, snooping centipedes. What's he making? An animal? Giraffes peeking through leaves, squirrels chattering gossip, pausing, wondering, gibbering. A mountain? A sudden breeze, surprisingly warm, whistles through the leaves, scattering dust from the lifeless form. And with the breath of fresh air comes the difference. Winging on the warm wind is his image. Laughter is laid in the sculpted cheeks. A reservoir of tears is stored in the soul. A sprinkling of twinkle for the eyes. Poetry for the spirit. Logic. Loyalty. Like leaves on an autumn breeze, they float and land and are absorbed. His gifts become a part of him. His majesty, his majesty smiles at his image. It is good. The eyes open. Oneness. Creator and created walking on the riverbank. Laughter. Purity. Innocent joy. Life unending. Then the tree. The struggle. The snake. The lie. The enticement. Heart torn, lured, soul drawn to pleasure to independence, to importance, inner agony, whose will? The choice, death of innocence, entrance of death, the fall, tear stains, mingling with fruit stains. Two, the quest. Abraham, you will father a nation, and Abraham, tell the people I love them. Moses, you will deliver my people. And Moses, tell the people I love them. Joshua, you will lead the chosen ones. And Joshua, tell the people I love them. David, you will reign over the people. And David, tell the people I love them. And Jeremiah, you will bear tidings of bondage. But Jeremiah, remind my children, remind my children that I love them. Altars, sacrifices, rebelling, Returning, reacting, repenting, romance, tablets, judges, pillars, bloodshed, wars, kings, giants, law, Hezekiah, Nehemiah, Hosea, God watching, never turning, ever loving, ever yearning for the garden again. Three, empty throne. Spirit descending, hushed angels, a girl, a womb, an egg. The same divine artist again forms a body, this time his own. Fleshly divinity, skin layered on spirit, omnipotence with hair, toenails, knuckles, molars, kneecaps. Once again he walks with man, yet... The garden is now thorny. Thorns that cut, thorns that poison, thorns that remain lodged, leaving bitter wounds, disharmony, sickness, betrayal, fear, guilt. The lions no longer pause, the clouds no longer hover, the birds scatter too quickly. Disharmony, competition, blindness. And once again, a tree. 
Once again, the struggle, the snake, the enticement, heart-torn, lured. Once again, the question, whose will? Then the choice. Tear stains mingle with blood stains. Relationship restored. Bridge erected. Once again he smiles. It is good. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive.
This morning we heard about two trees, two choices, <coughs> two it is goods, one before the choice and resulting in a fall, <coughs> and one it is good that came after the choice that restored. In we choose whether we're in Adam or in Christ when we choose whether we want to align our will with God or go our own way. My prayer is that the coming of the Lord Jesus, the miracle of the incarnation and all that he did on this earth and his resurrection would not be lost for you that you could experience the it is good, that is restoration, that you would choose to be in Christ and continue in him. With that, we conclude this morning's service.